0: in her presence and I got home and uh, had flown uh, there uh, through the night, got home and my wife was staying in Atlanta, Georgia with her mother and father and uh, the next day was Mother's Day and so I had to go down and get her, so dumb me, I was so excited about um, uh, seeing them and uh, and I had jet lag in the whole business, but I drove 14 hours straight to Atlanta, Georgia. Now, I made it, obviously I'm here today, um, and I, I think I only went off road a couple of times, uh, but, it, but my adrenaline was pretty high because I was excited. Also, I'd done, I had taken a chance, we, were, uh, we had not gotten any china for our wedding, and my wife, uh, you know, wasn't really that concerned, but she would love to have had some China, knew what mm-hmm. she liked. And we were in England and we went to the city of Bath, and there was one of the major outlets for Royal Dalton China. And, um, and it was just unbelievable the deal. And I knew, and they had the kind that, that she liked, but then I found out how much it cost to ship it. And it was about as much as I was paying for it. So I had them pack it tightly and I put it through baggage. Can you imagine? Oh man. But I figure, well, you know, done work, it done work. And uh, nothing was broken. I mean, I was so proud of myself. I think <laughs> that thing came through. So here I have this whole thing of uh, eight-piece setting of uh, Royal Dalton, China, and I get to see my wife, and so my adrenaline uh, was going, and so. I was not disappointed, it was just a huge blessing to get to actually see her. Well, the illustration is obvious here, and that is that it's wonderful to have his word, isn't it? It's wonderful to have his letter, It's wonderful to hear things about him, but folks, there's nothing like having his presence, and that's what our burden is for you this year. There's a lot of just word-only Christianity today. We need to know the doctrines, for that is the basis of our faith. We need to be very um, uh, just aware of all the nuances of the Word of God. But if we are right with God, the Word will be revealed by the Word, and we will actually know His presence. So I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 14, this is one of the passages that we are using in our theme here, but I'm going to back up uh, to some verses previous to this, and then I'm going to uh, go ahead and try to put this one verse in context. Some years back, as I was studying the Upper Room Discourse, I came to this passage, and it's... That was a very special time when God just made a very simple truth precious to me, and I'd like to share that with you. The apostles were deeply troubled. You find that from the very beginning of the passage. They realized the Lord was telling them that they were going to, he was going to be departing, he was going to be gone, and uh, they didn't understand it all. They were looking for the kingdom to come in now. They were... Uh, distressed and of course you can imagine living all of that time day after day with the Savior and all of a sudden he wouldn't be there that would be extremely disconcerting for them and so in this passage he very lovingly from different angles lets them know that his presence after the ascension and of course they didn't know the ascension was coming but after the ascension his presence would be more uh, satisfying to them, more meaningful to them than his presence was prior to the crucifixion. Now that's hard for them to understand. They did not understand it, but they certainly understood it later. Often referred to John the Apostle in 1 John when he just glories in the fact that we had fellowship with him, we know him, but now we want you to have the fellowship that we have now with him. In other words, John the Apostle did not miss the human relationship because he had it in a deep, intimate way now because of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Lord is trying to give them this kind of teaching, and he talks about the fact that he is going to uh, go and so forth. And then we read in verse 7 of chapter 14, If ye had known me, ye should have also known my Father also. From henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Now, he's saying here, you should now, because I have been here, you should have a very personal, real, dynamic understanding of the Father. Now, you have gotta understand, Jewish folks had come to a non intimate view of God. Judaism was a cold religion. God the Father was there, and we're here. And um, they, of course, missed some of the wonderful passages in the Old Testament. Uh, where if you seek me ye shall find me and those types of passages but to many of the Jewish people there was quite a distance between Jehovah God and themselves and so for Philip um, this was a bit of a, a, a unique statement um, if you've known me you should know the father I mean you should be knowing the father and Philip saith unto him Lord show us the father and it suffices a, we'd love to To see the, we love to have the presence of the Father. We love to understand the Father personally. I mean, this is something that that, uh, resonated with him, and I'm sure the rest of the the disciples to have a personal relationship with God the Father. And then verse 9, this is the verse that just struck me to my heart. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? You see, the unity between the Father and the Son was perfect. Distinct persons, but a beautiful unity. And so in their time with uh, the Lord Jesus, The Spirit of God empowered him, and so as they got to know him as he really was, and of course, they missed a lot of it because they really weren't spiritually minded at times, but they got a hold of a lot of things, and he said, because you have seen me, you actually know the Father. The Father has been revealed through me. And then in uh, verse 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. And then based upon that, he gives the great greater works promise in the next verse. But here's what I want you to get. Philip haven't you been long enough with me to know intimately the Father now? Because I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. Could I take this into this dispensation? Would not the Holy Spirit say to you, have you not been with me and have I not been with you so long that you don't know the Savior? In other words, We have the Spirit of God, and just like Jesus revealed the Father, the Spirit reveals the Son and the Father. And so we have, through the indwelling Spirit, the same perspective that Jesus was giving the disciples about the fact that they should know intimately the Father because they knew Him intimately. Now, young people, I am greatly burdened. The Lord really burdened me for this message here today. That if you do not revel in the reality of the presence of Christ, then you don't know the Holy Spirit. You are not, um, you are not in a place in which the Spirit of God can manifest the um, the Father and the Son to you. And if the Spirit cannot do it, then that means there's something hindering the Spirit from being in control. Young people, you are at a precious time in your life. You are developing ways of thinking. You are are still without the clutter of a lot of, of things that will occur to you in life. Some of you have had a cluttered past because of just situations that have happened to you. But even at that, at your young age, you have a wonderful opportunity to understand what a day-by-day, genuine, intimate relationship with Jesus can be. It's not just knowing about Him, which you have to know. It's knowing Him. And this is why our generation your generation is struggling so badly is that they're trying to emotionally work up something about Jesus that's why you got the emotional music that's why you've got the lights and the sound and all of this and of course they're trying to track the world too but a lot of it's sincere trying to have a worship experience but the problem is there is enough disobedience in lives that the spirit of God is not able to do what he wants to do as I look back in my life, I had precious times with my parents. I look back with nostalgia, they've both been with the Lord for quite a long time, but uh, and by the way, value your parents while they're here. Uh, continue to make memories with them uh, and, uh, and develop your relationship with them. I've had unbelievably precious times with my wife and then now with my children, adult children. And then all those grandkiddos, I mean, you can't beat that. I mean, everywhere I turn, I've got somebody, you know. If I ever feel lonesome, it's my own fault because there is no reason to be lonely. I'm telling you, I'm a very rich man when it comes to that. But the uh, I want to just say the most precious times of my life have been with Jesus. That's... Living And that makes my time with my wife precious. That makes my time with my children precious. That's what makes it very special. And young people, we're doing everything we can to teach you the Word of God. We've got to see your character develop through transformation. We want you to know life skills that you can take with you. But our heart cry more than anything else is we want you to know Jesus. I really think the Holy Spirit right now would be saying have I not been with you so long that you do not know me speaking of Jesus know the Father have you not gone from just word only understanding to a genuine relationship that motivates you that is central to your life that you cannot do without Mm -hmm. and I think that um, that this is very, very important that, uh, that we make this the rule of our life, not the exception, not at a revival time, not at a special conference, not maybe in a class that's a blessing to you. And one thing that we've been privileged here at BCM to have is mo- we have had seasons when Jesus has been real. And think about it, older students, haven't those been the best seasons of time? Uh, I have stood here when I could hardly talk and the student body could hardly keep back emotion and it wasn't anything emotional, it was just that Jesus was here. And I long for his presence far more than it's here now. I think we've had a great start. But I am burdened that we're in the mechanics of what we're doing that we're sincerely endeavoring to achieve. Your attitudes are phenomenal. Freshman class, I just want to commend you. You started off well. We salute you for that. Thank you for just your endeavoring to do what you ought to do, and already our heart and soul is there. But my burden is to know him uh, and to, to know how special he is. And that leads us now to the verse that is one of our theme verses. And I want it to burn in your hearts. I'd love for you to memorize it, if you would. Go down the chapter uh, to verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, can we take this apart a little bit? I really want this to become one of those theme verses for your life, and I would like every fellowship leader, if you would embrace this and make this a goal, because really all four of your themes really do center around this. The Lord led each fellowship in this regard, and a lot of times the fellowship times can be a, a place in which God does work. But He's telling His disciples, now, I have taught you much. I have revealed Myself to you through the Word. He taught them the Old Testament Scriptures. And then He gave gave them much more added upon the Old Testament Scriptures. And so He gave them His words. Can you imagine the words of Jesus hearing them? And he says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Now, what he's saying is, for the age that is to come, for each of you, the key for you to have a better relationship than you had with me in my humanity is that you have got to take everything I've taught you and everything that will eventually be the Word of God, and you have got to embrace that, as the most important part of life. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. We've said often that word is more than just obey, though that's the ultimate aspect of it. It means to guard. It means to take seriously. It means to see as important something that ought to be a center part of your life. You see, you're going to be learning doctrines, you've already learned Bible study, you freshman, uh, you're going to be into all kinds of different aspects of teaching about the Word of God. If we look at it academically, we're in trouble. These are the words of Jesus, whether Himself, His words, or the Spirit of God having, of course, the Word put into scripturated Word. And so. The Lord Jesus said, You need to embrace what I have told you thoroughly and completely. It needs to saturate your life. It needs to motivate you. It ought to stir you to the core of your being. Young people, the Word of God should never just be blah, it should never just be a course of what you just read fast. You have, as First Corinthians chapter 2 says, from the very heart of God, you know things that you could never have known except God revealed it to you. you know, doesn't it touch you when somebody shares their innermost secret with you? I have the privilege as a pastor, as people open their hearts and let me know how they really feel, and I take that very seriously. That's a great privilege. Sometimes I'll have preacher friends that uh, a key... Aspects of their life, ministry, future, they'll open up and share that with me. And I need to take that very, very seriously. And Jesus has given to us his very heart. Now, young people, there can't be any part of what God has said that you dismiss. Or you try to intellectually debate about it. There has got to be an embracing of the Word of God, not just trying to understand it for a test or even understand it in a chapel platform. It is God speaking to you every time you hear or read the Word of God. And so he says, all of you that really embrace and cherish and guard what I have given to you and therefore are going to obey every part of it, I've got something very special for you. First of all, you're the ones that I know that love me. Remember, the greatest in the kingdom of God are those that keep his least commandments. You know, it's amazing to me how we argue over little standards. The least things are what's important because it shows that you believe the whole word of God. And you wonder why Christ isn't real to you. Some of you still haven't gotten right with your parents. You know, when you left, you were, you were irritated. There's something that you've hidden from them. There's something that uh, you're holding or that you need to confess to them. And I'm telling you, you're in trouble because that's the fifth commandment. That's big time. That's not a least commandment. And you wonder why it just isn't real to you. Well, you've got to get right with your parents. You, you didn't treat them right. You've, uh, you've done something that you know needs to be gotten right. There, uh, the Lord has dealt with you about your time with Him and you just haven't made a priority and you are not taking the time uh, and, and working it out for you to spend that time. And, you, and, it, it, and here the most basic of all things, you are still resistant. You are not taking the time on soul winning like you should. Uh, maybe you have treated a roommate wrongly or a, a fellow student wrongly and you, uh, the Lord is dealing with you about getting that right. I'm just telling you, folks, what this verse talks about here. And for you to really know Jesus, it just isn't going to happen when we, not, um, when we do not do exactly what God tells us to do. I mean, we need to jump when God says jump. We just need to do it. You know, there may be, there may be a test back in your junior year of, of your Christian school that you didn't do right on, and you've never gotten that right, and God keeps bugging you about it. Well, that needs to be settled. Because you are not to lie, you are not to cheat. You homeschoolers, it's so easy to have not done right in your homeschooling. And you know you did not. It was not honest, and you have not gotten that right. Well, those kind of things are holding back the presence of God. You see, if we just talk about the presence of God and do not deal with uh, these commandments, His words, we're going to cause you to want to look for some kind of experience, something that's human, something that's soulish. It is spiritual. It's a miracle. It's God revealing Himself. But you've got to embrace His commandments. Uh, there may be things that you did at work when you were working or, uh, and you did not do right by your boss. Now, I'm not trying to be introspective here. I'm just trying to cause you to be introspective. I just want you to realize you can't get away with things that God has already shown you you need to do. It may be that you have a brother or sister that you did not treat right. And, it's, and you know they're hurting from that. That needs to be a priority to deal with that. That's important. That's important. Uh, and on and on the list could go those things that god has brought up again i'm not asking you to dig around believe me god's strong enough to show you what you need to to know so don't worry about that from that standpoint but if god's been on uh, on your heart about these things and you haven't embraced his truth and loved his word There are some things you're doing that you know are not exactly right. There's priorities that ought not be there. There are little things you're hiding or things that you're too embarrassed to bring up. I can preach till I'm blue in the face, and you can even be crying out to God until you're blue in the face, and you're not going to experience the presence of God. You've got to keep them. And we live in a day in which it's very easy for us to to rationalize away sin. Now, I said that strongly because the rest of the verse is just so great, but you gotta understand, he wants you to love him. You know what happens when you call up mom and dad and say, you know, I gotta tell you this, and I, I didn't do right by you, or whatever it is. You know what's happening in heaven? The Lord's leaning over to the Father and saying, that young man loves me more than himself. You go to your roommate and say, you know, I really did not treat you right this morning. and I, I got to admit, not, the roommate may have been very irritating, okay, but you didn't do right. And you get that settled. You know what the Father and the Son are, and the Spirit are saying? He loves God. She's new and right because he, they, she is putting the Lord first. When you take that step of faith to go out soul winning, or when you give, by the way, some of you may not be tithing, do you realize, no matter how little you have or how much you have, you should be tithing? And you think, "Well, I'm a student; I can't tithe." Oh, yes, you can tithe. Believe me, if you want, if you want God's power to pay your school bills, you better get with the tithing program, okay, the giving program. And God's going to call on you to give more than that. And um, as you'll have opportunity to, uh, some, some could give; they can't because it's sort of embarrassing. But I might have them do it sometime. You wouldn't believe some of the major gifts that some of these. Young people in this very room have given and have fulfilled that and are still going. And God's done miracles. But every time you take that step, the Lord Jesus says, that student loves me. It's nice to be loved, isn't it? God wants us to love him. Well, then go on in here. Verse 21. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him whoa I've already spoken on this some this year but I want to say it again God does not have favorites he loves everybody here unconditionally he wants to have Equally, a tremendous relationship with everyone. He has paid for every sin. He has accomplished the great victory. Everyone here has the same potential for victory, blessing, and relationship with God. And I'm going to say this and it might shake you up a little bit. God loves some of you more than He loves others. Though He loves us all the same regard to who we are in Christ, what does it say? If you have his commandments and keep them and love him, you will be loved of the Father and me in a special way. That's why John could say, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Okay, he wasn't saying that proudly, but he knew it. And that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. No, he doesn't pick favorites. Peter, James, and John just decided to be favorite. (laughs) Boy, you look at great saints of God, and then we have different giftings, and it manifests itself in different ways. The reason that these great saints of God had such a relationship with the Lord is they decided to. Decided that fasting wasn't just to get something. Fasting was to know their God, and they love him. Decided they wanted to take time with him decided primarily that they would love him by keeping his commandments. Every time you willfully uh, will not do right, you're saying, I love myself more than my God. It's really what it gets down to. What a grief that the Lord must have with modern day Christianity in America. You've got brothers and sisters around the world that are willing to give up everything and will obey the Lord and they see miracles. But we're very self-willed here in America. Would you like to have that love relationship? You see, what I'm wanting, I'm telling you, by the time everybody graduates from here and they cross, you cross that platform, I want you to know the love of God. I want you to think you're pretty special to Him. Because you will be. And you are. But I want you to have experienced that. Listen, when you get out in the battle, when you see all the different scenarios that you're gonna be involved in, when you're loyal to Jesus and you know you have a relationship with him, you'll cut a straight line. But when it's just your theology and it's just your grouping that you're with, and then the pressures come, but you're not walking with him every day and you've got some things in your life that you're holding back on, then it's gonna be very easy to capitulate. The things that your generation is doing, and the sin that's involved, no wonder we, we have such compromise among those even that are leaders. So he'll love you. And then, of course, the last phrase is where I'm heading and will manifest myself to him. I will. Now, young people, it's your choice. Now, God will send at times seasons of refreshing. And he knows his ways of doing it. But personal revival, that does lead to corporate revival where you have influence, is your choice. Because he said so. Revival is when his life shows up, he is manifest. And young people, there is no experience in your life. There is nothing you can ever do. Travel or do great things or have adventures that are just phenomenal. And even ministry that's phenomenal. That compares to the presence of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the core. That's the center. I will. The Father and the Son will manifest. And the Spirit of God is obviously manifest. That's what life is all about. But I sense we're at a point right now where there are some little things holding back great things. There are just some little foxes that are keeping great fruit from happening. There's just little holdbacks and self-centered perspectives, and things that maybe don't seem like such a big deal, but aren't being dealt with, that the love of the Father and the Son are not real to you, because you love yourself more than you love God. You see, every time you make a decision to do what you want to do, you love yourself. You're your own God. Every time you say, Lord, thy will be done, and you do the hard thing because he told you to do it, There's a person that loves me. Now, if I was to ask, and I won't, but if I was to ask everybody who really loves God to raise your hand, you'd all raise your hand, I believe. But according to this definition, could you really raise your hand? Or who would God point out are the ones who really love Him? That is what really counts. And then, if you are loving Him, and he, therefore, is reciprocating it with a very personal love to you. Then there's a manifestation of his presence. Now, you've got to be careful here. You say, okay, if I do this, 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 and then I've got a formula and God will meet with me. We've got to be careful about that. Okay. It's a relationship. But your heart toward truth is the key. And when you seek him, you will find him. And he promises to, in your spirit, not in some great outward manifestation, but in your spirit, to be very real to you. Let me just ask you young people, how well do you know him? Because once you really get to know him, everything fits. And freshmen, it's a whole lot better to walk with God all four or five years here than to get it your senior year. Because when you're walking with him, and he's precious to you, everything you, you learn, you do, is you just got God's hand all over it. You're just gaining. There are some students here that just leave, and they're, it's almost like they're 40 years old as far as maturity, because they've just gained all, they've just been walking with God. And then there's others that graduate, and you just hope they'll make it. And there is a difference. So this is just my heart. This is more just a uh, pastoral chat with you. Uh, Just this theme that's on our heart. We are really asking God for a breakthrough. But it's your choice. It's not some arbitrary zap. It's not just something that maybe I can get in the right place in the right time and God will do it. Now, there are times that God moves and praise the Lord for that. And isn't it wonderful when somebody else is praying, we get caught up in it and thank the Lord for that? That's a wonderful thing. I've had that happen to me. But if you want personal reality of His love in your life and the awareness of His presence, it's your choice to love Him. It's your choice to love Him. How much have you loved Him today? How much have you obeyed Him today? How much have you been aware of Him today? How much have you thought about Him today? has he in heaven said, there's a student that loves me? Or do you have a check in your soul, something you're holding back on, something you just aren't willing to get right? I trust that you will um, not let anything hold that back. And then let me ask you, especially the returning students, when was the last time you really met with him? Most of you have had some moments. But where are you today? It ought to be better today. It ought to be better today. Not some days are up and down. I understand that. But it ought to be real. He ought to be real. He that keepeth my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. That is the word of the living God. Let's pray. So we bow our heads here. How many here would say, you know, Pastor, I know these things. Or maybe you've never thought about it this way exactly before. but, But you'd say, Pastor, I want... I really need to to get past myself so that I can have this kind of relationship. And I realize that I need to embrace the truth far more than I do. Or I need to, it's just a matter of obeying. I've got things that are holding me back. And you're exactly right. I haven't I haven't had that time in the word like I used to have had. Things aren't what they used to be, or maybe they aren't that have not been that way, but immediately the Spirit of God brought something to mind we don't need to be searching around but if he brought something to mind that's keeping back that wonderful love of God in your life in the manifestation that is that's so important it's got to be dealt with you see because it shows how much you love him how little or how big it is and how many would say yes the Spirit of God put his finger right in my spirit made it clear to me that he is not as close to me as he could be because there is something i have been unwilling to deal with and i know it i've been rationalizing it i've been putting it off i've been minimizing it but it's and it's not me just looking it is god telling me that and i i realize that if i'm going to have that love relationship i've got to have enough love for god to deal with that here this morning if that is specifically how god dealt with you would you just slip your hand up if That's how God worked.